Hi, and welcome to episode 127 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Pasali, and with me today are Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Hi. Vicki, we're going to ask you first, what's your weather? <laughs> um, we have had a, quite a bit of rain. Um, we actually got down to almost the 30s. Wow. And wow. Nice. And... <laughs> Yeah, it's so. It's what's so crazy about it is that my car warns me when it gets to like thirty-seven in the morning, so it goes boom, you know. And I'm driving them on. Just, it scares me every time that happens, <laughs> you know, because I'm in the car. It's early in the morning, so what the heck's going on? And, it, and I guess my car's not used to it. I think it affected my navigation and all of the built-in uh, media, multimedia stuff, because none of that was working. I had to actually reset it. And I've, I've had the car five years, never had to do that. And my sister had to do her brand new car. So uh, I guess these California cars can stand the cold weather, but our average temperature is in the 50s during the winter, and it's, it's average in that. We're getting a lot of rain, which we really, really, really need. It rained all the way home yesterday from work. So it was sort of scary because it got sort of dark and I couldn't see. And, but mm. at least it wasn't nice. It wasn't Tuesday's weather, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dallas is all over the place. It's so stupid. La- uh, last week it was 80 degrees. I was ready to die. Oh. I said, this is just ridiculous for February. It's like a precursor of the summer to come. I was so upset. Yeah. Uh, and I like wearing my flannel. I got flannel for Christmas and stuff. So, you know, I'm really enjoying being, you know, being warm, wearing some long sleeve clothes. So anyway, so it went from 80 and we had a cold front that came in and it went into the forties. And the other day we woke up, it was 28 degrees and our fountain outside is all frozen. (laughs) The water coming down our fountain. It looks, it looks kind of funny, but yeah. And so, and today it's raining and it's like, you know, in the thirties. So it's just, it's, you know, for people that are unbelievers of um, this wacky weather, this has been happening for a while. I just don't know how anyone can say that, you know, we don't have climatic change in, in this world because I know when a few years ago, when I went to Germany, they were saying at the Jugspitze, which is the highest point in Germany, um, in in the German Alps, uh, they were saying how normally, um, you know, like they would be skiing, you know, in October, they would already have most of the runs open. And when Devin came to visit me, it was uh, when we were out there for a while, um, it was December and the, the ski runs weren't even open yet. So it's, you know. And the same thing with Maine. Maine's really been getting really hit hard this year, but some years they have absolutely no snow. And the you know the uh, com- the ski companies or the um, the mountains, the ski mountains, just have a really hard time surviving through those you know warm winters. It's but this year they've been hit really hard. I've been talking to my dad and my my father in law, and and they were, my father in law is going to Florida for the whole month of March. He's he's had it. <laughs> So, and it does feel like Maine right now, but my son who's in Vancouver, Washington, he said, you know, mom, he said, you told me it just rains in the winter. They've been having snow in the Pacific Northwest. Seattle is like all snowed in. It's like, what the heck? I, I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. yeah Seattle is really, really straight. Yeah. And right now we have no snow. Now that's odd for you. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have snow either. We had snow back when I went a few weeks ago. I went to Florida to visit a friend, and I got out of the airport just in time. Yeah. Uh, because I my flight was at one o'clock, and about four o'clock it started to snow. 
And we were supposed to get possibly up to two feet. And my husband did have to use a snow blower. He sent me video. I think it ended up being about 14 inches. But then it got really warm, as in the 50s. And we've had a lot of rain. My backyard right now is just a mud puddle. And overnight, it became a frozen mud puddle because the winds all night long, I forget what time, but sometime late yesterday afternoon through this morning, the winds were going 30, 40 miles an hour. I was expecting to see pieces of roof on my backyard because those winds were really whipping. Now it's down to about 15 to 20. And uh, it's up to 30 degrees, but there's... The only snow outside right now are those big snow banks that you get when between the shoveling and the plowing and all along the side of the road. And there's certain areas in our property where the sun doesn't hit it, so there's still snow there. But for the most part, I'd say 95% of our snow is gone. And I'm I'm good with that. See, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really a snow person. I, you know, we lived in Maine for so long. Um, and after a while, you know, seven months of winter and then the black, then it's mud season for spring and it's ugly. And then the black flies come out and the mosquitoes come out. I mean, I love fall in New England. I, there's nothing like fall in New England, but I don't want to go through, you know, being snowed in anymore. And I hate driving on ice. I hate driving, you know, in a snowstorm. But on the, on the other end of the spectrum, Tucson just about killed me with 110 degrees. <laughs> so you know, the Pacific Northwest has got to, has just has to remain stable for me. I can't afford California, Vicki. I'd love to live in California. Oh my gosh, mm. I really would. I can't afford to move, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once, you, once you're in there, you can't, you know, yep. stop, you know, so you already bought the house. So then hold on to it. <laughs> you that's, but that's true. But that's very, yeah. very true. But yeah. you know, people always say, oh, well, you know, California has wildfires and they have mudslides yeah but for the most part it's pretty sweet out there i've never experienced either one of those so knock on wood but yeah all of california is so huge that you know you can't just say oh well i can't stay here because of this and because of that you know uh oh we have earthquakes well they have tornadoes and stuff like that every year yeah everybody has something everybody has something whether it's a hurricane or tornado or earthquake or flooding or Drought. Yeah. Everybody we has have, something. We have we have earthquakes actually. Not we haven't had them lately, but they do a lot of fracking north of us. Yeah. And even though the gas and oil companies say that's not related to it, <clears throat> okay. All the um, places that they do it, they have they've had earthquakes. <laughs> absolutely. And so they do it up near north of us near the Denton area and we have earthquakes. Mm-hmm. But tornado, we're right in Tornado Alley. And we've been fortunate that um We've been extremely fortunate that at least in our neighborhood, tornadoes haven't come through and not really any tornadic activity. But, you know, and nor has one, I think, ever ripped, you know, down the center of Dallas. But boy, when they come, they're very, it's very frightening. I mean, the thunderstorms here are violent. I, there's no other way yeah. to say it. I, I, they, they scare me. I, I, I can't yeah. stand that. that. That's really scary. Yeah, it is and usually in the spring is you know you hear the tornado sirens i i didn't even know what a ter- tornado siren was it sounded like an air raid siren i went what yeah. and there's a golf course near us and that's where they have the warning system so all around dallas they have um an early warning system to allow people you know to seek shelter and safety um if there's a threat of a tornado which is good which is really good it yeah, how how aware. many hours is there like a consistency in that where they 
you know, is it three hours beforehand? Is it 10 minutes? You know, is there any way for them to know with enough time to get everybody to safety? There is. Usually, they, the meteorologists here, I have to say, are excellent. Um, they really, uh, because, well, part of that is, you know, NOAA as well, but they really keep on top of that. And if they're just monitoring those paths. And if they see tornadic activity, because um, if you look on a radar map, um, you know, the tornadoes have like that little, it's kind of like a, um, a sideways, almost looks like a Wi-Fi symbol, but they right away will start, um, if they know that within, it's eminent in a certain area, if they, the sirens start to go off. So I would say at least an hour. I know at one, one night they kept going off and it was about an hour or so before the storm hit. So yeah, the first time I ever heard heard the tomato uh, the tornado siren, we didn't know what to do. So Mike said, "You got to get into the bathtub." So I took their two aging poodles and pillows and went in the bathtub, and uh, because that's the safest place actually, it's in, it was right in the middle of the house, and because we don't have basements here, you know, normally if you had a tornado, you could seek shelter in your basement, but there's very few basements um, here because of the soil. So um, my neighbor, who right now he's 99 years old, but this was a while ago, and he said, oh, he said, Suze, he's been here all his life. He said, I hear those go off all the time, and I don't worry. And nothing's ever made me go in a bathtub yet except a bath. So I figured, well, he's <laughs> wow. not worried, and then I won't be worried. I'll know that if he comes over knocking on the door, I'm going to be worried and heading into the bathtub. But that's another thing I think it makes you aware of people, um, your neighbors. You know, it's really nice because we have a really tight, uh, like, four houses right here that we keep an eye on each other. And of course, we keep an eye on him, too, because, you know, he is 99 years old, bless him. So, but he's never worried. He said, he said he's been here since 19, he's been in this neighborhood since 1957. And he, in fact, 56, excuse me. And he's never had to worry about a tornado yet. So that's probably, that's pretty good statistics. I think. Yeah. When I live in Tennessee, most of our tornadoes hit right on the outskirts of the town. We've never experienced one. Uh, yeah. All the people that lived in the burbs, they got it hit really bad. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that, um, Vicki, because we, we thought one was going to hit Dallas a few years ago. And I, you probably saw this on the national news. Um, we met a couple one night that actually came from uh, Rowlett. They're a nice couple. And they said they were at a movie theater. And the movie shut down because you could hear like this horrible sound on the roof. And they evacuated the movie theater. So they said it was so eerie because when they were driving home, there were no lights, no lights on the bridges, um, nothing. And when they got to their home and they were worried because, you know, they knew a tornado had passed. They were listening to it on the radio and um, there's no lights at all in Rowlett. And they're, thankfully, their dogs were safe and their home was safe. But it, right behind them, literally right behind their backyard that whole neighborhood was demolished. The, the tornado went right through and there wasn't a house standing. It's just so strange how, the, you know, a, a tornado, um, the path of a tornado, you know, so you'd think it'd be a, a large swath, you know, of, of yeah. devastation, but really it's, it's almost like it's focused. So depending on um, how it, how it, you know, travels, but yeah, it was scary. They, they said they were just, they felt really blessed because, you know, he said literally 10 feet, had it gone 10 feet more, their house would have demolished. Their whole street would have been demolished. So, Have you ever been in a tornado before or been through a warning? Just uh, a couple years, actually twice. Um, 
the first year we moved here, um, we had a tornado. Uh, the tornado sirens went off. They've gone off before, but that was a glitch in the system, actually. Somebody hacked into the system, and they were going off all night long. <laughs> so they fixed that. And then when we were camping, the first time last year when we were out camping in East Texas, um, there was there was a the park ranger came by with a bullhorn asking any everyone in the tent uh, to seek shelter in the bathroom. And I, I said to him, I said, what's going on? And he said, well, a tornado, we're going to be probably having some tornadic activity. And he said, so we're having all the campers, you know, seek shelter. And uh, he said, I have to, we have to do this. He said, because, you know, there was a campground, there was a tornado last week and a tree fell on a woman in her tent and killed her. So, but that passed us. It was just a storm, but it was kind of cool camping in a storm. You know, when you're not in a tent, it's cool. When you're in a tent, it's not so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been through them and it's, it's, really sort of nerve-wracking and dad one go over us and it literally sound like a train was shaking our house wow right over so as a kid i i was afraid of thunderstorms but they were just like sound like somebody's like it hit right outside your house to your house back rating and then the tornado so i said i gotta get the hell out of here <laughs> i don't want to live in a place where they have tornadoes we're well, lucky we don't have tornadoes or thunderstorms here at all Oh, that's nice. Because I know yeah. Maine, Maine in the summer, we used to have, you know, really severe thunderstorms at one time. Not so much anymore, but we have microburst, you know, which really is a small, kind of like a small tornado. And you'll get a microburst in the summer or fall and you'll just see, you know, just trees down and, you know, devastation. So it's, it's you know, we, once in a while we'll have those. But, of course, Maine doesn't have like a siren system like they do here in Dallas because mm-hmm. we're right in the middle of Tornado Alley. So today we wanted to talk about our Apple devices, and in December, I bought a new iPad Pro and a new iPhone. So what I did is I saw that Best Buy had a deal on an iPad Pro. It's last year's model, so the 10.5-inch 2017 model. 256 gigs. It was on sale for $625, which was just an amazing deal. On Black Friday, it was $650. And this was maybe the second week in December, somewhere in there. So I was going to the Apple store to the Genius Bar. I had an appointment for, I can't remember what the reason was, but I had an appointment there. And the Best Buy is located in the same mall as the Apple store. So I said to a couple of different people that work there, do you price match? Because I would rather have given my money to the Apple store. And they said up to 10%. And I said, well, here's the deal at Best Buy. And they all said to me, go to Best Buy and buy it. Because it's a much better deal. So when I was done at the Apple store, I walked over to Best Buy. And it was probably the easiest sale the guy had that entire day because I just walked up to him and I said, I want the 256 gig, 10 and a half, space gray, $625. And it's Okay. And I think there were other people looking at looking at this display and they just kind of looked at me. I know what I wanted. I didn't need any help. Mm-hmm. Went, paid for it, and I love it. It's got the four speakers, which is nice. It's got a brighter screen. I love that the volume is louder. Um I don't really have anything else to say about it other than I love it. Now for the phone, what they were doing in December is they were doing trade-ins where if you traded in your phone, and I th- I want to say it started with the 5S maybe, 
or the six. And it went up to the current models. And it's, they normally gave you, say, $100 for your phone. They would do it for $200. So I called Apple and I said, how long is this going on for? Because my son is coming home, and but it won't be till after Christmas. And they said, well, we're not sure. So they emailed me something that basically said, you have 90 days to, to do this trade-in. And if it's not uh, going on in the store right now, just show them the email and they should honor it. And it was going on well into January. So what I did is I have an iPhone 8 that I bought last February. In the meantime, I put the new battery in during the program, which was free because it was still under the one-year warranty. So that surprised me. So right after Christmas, I went to the store with my son. He had an iPhone 6S that was on its last leg. He traded that in got $200 for it. I traded in my iPad Air 2. I got $120 for it. Put that toward an iPhone XR. So I ended up paying, what did I end up paying? $500? I think it was $500 for it. So now Shane has my iPhone 8. Apple has the other two products that I wasn't going to use anymore. And everybody's happy. And so I've got the Red XR. And I'm really happy with it. Face ID is great. Yeah, I didn't get the XR because of the camera. There was a difference with the camera. And I, I'm on that Apple Upgrade program. And I love the colors. I wanted a red phone. You know, I really wanted a red because I love red. But I just couldn't do the XR because I'm really picky about my, my camera. Well, see, and that's I, the thing. I That's why I got the XR because... I take pictures, but I'm far from a photographer. And even with the better camera than I have, because every phone, you know, every phone has a better camera. I still take lousy pictures. It's me. It's not. It's not the phone. It's me. I'm just a lousy photographer. I own it. That's the way it is. It's not a priority for me either. Yeah, I mean, I take yeah. a ton of pictures, but they're, you know, it's like I take them and I throw them in photos. I don't edit them. Maybe crop a little bit, but I don't do anything with them. And that's just me because it's just not important to me. And so you have to do what's important to you. Uh, and it wasn't worth spending well over a thousand dollars just to have a better camera for me. Yeah, you know, obviously for you, Suze, it's more important because this is what you do. So I totally get that. For me, <laughs> it just would have been it would have been a waste of money. And yeah. I'm totally happy with the XR. I, I, you know, my son was really trying to push me to the XR. He said, oh, you know, mom. I said, no, you know, the camera's going to bug me. If I don't have, you know, I, I love that portrait mode. I absolutely love it. I use it all the time, actually, because I really love when you kind of blur out the background. And, yeah, now, you can do it in apps, but it's a pain. Now, explain you know, something so- to me about that portrait mode. Mm-hmm. Do you, in order to get that blur, that's mm-hmm. after the fact, right? Like when you take the picture... It no. still has the person, it also it still has everything in the background, and then you blur it afterwards? No. You do it real time. So what it, what it does do, though, because it's an edit. Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, I took a photo of Vicky, and Vicky said, Suze, I want a headshot. And I, okay. So I want to blur out the background because I want the focus to be on Vicky, not the background. Okay. So when you, when you actually open up the portrait mode. Okay, I'm doing this change- along with you. You can change the different light. So, you know, for instance, they have studio light, natural light, contour light, all of that. So uh, just for, you know, 
I would use natural light because that's okay. primarily what I do. Then up at the very top corner, you have an F. Okay. So it's a little uh, italicized F. Okay. So I then see what that. that allows you is that allows you to control your depth of field, which, you know, with your, with your lenses that you, that you can buy expensive lenses to do this. You know, I have a ton of them for my cam, my Canon camera when I was doing portraiture, but this allows you to, so I can focus on Bicky and then I can take that little meter where it says depth below mm-hmm. and I can start to change that F stop. So when I change it to go down to say the depth of field for like, uh, I'm just focusing on a glass right now. Cause you don't have to, you can do inanimate objects as well, Okay. but say down to two, my background's blurred out. I'll have a beautiful, you know, uh, photo, a portrait of her. So I blurred out that background and then make sure my color, my exposure, which you just tap the screen and you, you go up or down You swipe. Um, when you tap the screen, you'll see a little focus bar with a little uh, sun and you can go up and down to change the brightness uh, or darkness of your photo. And then I snap the photo. Now, if I go into my camera roll and I say, oof, you know, I don't know. I, I think it was just too blurry. I can edit that depth of field or I can take it out completely. So you can do it as you're taking the photo. But if you don't like it, you can go in and edit it after. And you can even take it out if you want. So it's a really great feature that Apple put into that. I, I okay. love it. I use it all the time. Okay. The thing is, though, it's not letting me take a picture with depth of field for a non-person. Right. Like you said, you can do it in an, an object. Mine's right. coming up, no person detected. Yeah. See, that's that's one reason. I, I think that's like an excess yeah. thing too, yeah, because I'm be. I'm I'm doing it right now with my um <clears throat> with my glass of water, and it does it. So. I like that. I like the fact that they made a smart, a smart HDR that uh, works, you know, behind the scenes, which has a nice clarity. And so for our listeners that may not be familiar with HDR, HDR in, is high dynamic range. And what that allows you to do, if you had a, a professional camera, you would basically bracket, which means you'd either change your shutter speed or your f-stop or both. And you would take a bunch of photo. So, you know, you would get your highlights, you get your midtones, and you would get your shadows. And then in Photoshop, you can compress those um, photos, uh, stack stack and compress. And what it does, it uh, with some tonal editing and some tonal range um, um, effects in like Photoshop or some other plugins that they have, you can make this gorgeous photo that is not overexposed or underexposed. It shows a depth of all of the tones. So it's almost like a perfect photo. Now, some people take it to the extreme and do a lot of sharpening and it looks really fake. But when it's really well done, it looks really, it looks nice. I just have a thing about HDR because sometimes people go crazy over it. But what, and I didn't like the HDR function in the old uh, iOS thing, um, versions because what they would do especially apple's ios they would um you know take a light and take a dark but it never they would only do two um and it would never just really be a good photo but this one is much more receptive i like it very very much actually because it's not overdone so it gives you a really nice tonal range um between your shadows and your highlights so you're you're not blowing out your highlights and you've got some you know uh, nice depth to your shadows so I really am appreciative of those changes. I think the clarity of the screen is absolutely exquisite. I really do. And I love the fact that 
um, you know, the photos seem just so clear and dynamic where when I've compared some of the photos side by side to my iPhone X, this, this phone, the XS, um, the 10 S I'm always going to call it XS. I maybe it's cause I used to love in excess. Maybe that's, <laughs> <laughs> but the 10 S, um, I find, uh, is, is, is much better in low light, you know, and I, tend to like to do low light pictures for some reason, but I do. And I always get frustrated because I always have to bring into another app to kind of do those range, dynamic range um, alterations. So, you know, I, I think this one's a really good one. I know it's expensive. To me, the biggest thing is the expense of the stupid phone. That really bugs me. I re- it really does it. You know, you have to pay so much for a phone. Well, that's why I jumped on the chance to trade in my iPad Air to, you know, $120 for it. I don't think that was too bad for something I had for three years where the battery was just draining so fast and the home button was kind of stuck. So I thought, uh, you know, and they didn't even look at that. They just said, well, now I think when the first time I looked, it was 110 and then it jumped up to 120. I'm like, okay. And my husband has no interest and I'm getting a collection. I still have my original iPad. I still have my iPad Air 2 sitting around doing nothing, but they're they're worth nothing, so there's no point in, in trading those in. And with my son's phone getting $200 for it when it was on its last leg, I said, now's the time to do it. Yeah. So it ended up costing me, and I bought the phone flat out. I don't normally buy from Apple anymore because of the upgrade, but I said to them, can I just flat out buy the phone? And they said, oh, yeah, you can do that. Because otherwise, I would have to deal with AT&T and then telling me that, and plus they didn't do the trade-in at AT&T, but, then AT, but, but if they did, it would be, well, you got to do it over the course of 24 months, and we have to bill you this much. And like, every time they do that, they screw up my bill every single time. Now that all our yeah. phones are paid off, my bill has been perfect every month. And it's been so nice to open up the bill and go, yep, that's what it's supposed to be, and not have yeah. to call them and scream. So... I no, would rather I just, you know, take the five. So I just, it was, and plus it turned out to be, like I said, about $500. So it wasn't, you know, it's not chump change, but it wasn't horrible. I, I don't know. I like, I like getting the new phone now. I, I have to say, I don't normally, I'm not on a bandwagon. I'm not a gadget person. I truly am not. I know it's going to sound like I am, but really I just love cameras and I love, I love the way they upgrade cameras, but, um, I don't know when, when I got onto that Apple upgrade, my husband said, just do it. You're always, because I do it's And I don't do that with my iPad. And I, I mean, I have the series two watch. It's not like I do that all the time, but I don't know something about the phone. I love, I love clarity. I love color. And I love, I love, you know, the, the new additions they do make to the camera and the video is exquisite. <laughs> I don't know if you've done any video with your phone. Mm-hmm. The, the 4k video is beautiful. I'm very happy with the video. I don't do 4K. I think I just do regular. Again, you know, yeah, I, I, I do I do videos of my dog, so they don't need to be 4K. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much my video is when I go to a concert. Yeah, I always do a right. I do a clip uh, of that. But but lately, it's been um, using Facebook Live. And when you're mm-hmm. done doing Facebook Live, it'll ask you, "Do you want to save a copy to your camera roll?" Mm-hmm. And I always say yes, and that's what. I end up keeping. I don't you normally open up and just do a video on its own. 
And it's really pretty much just for me. I'll go back, I'll go through every now and then and go, oh, I really wish that concert came around again. Yeah, I just, I just remembered I have an iPhone 8 for work. <laughs> but it doesn't compare to my 10X. So. No, I like, I, I really 10X like Mac. Yeah, you have the 10X now. You have even bigger ones. I always record the video at 4K, 60 frames per second, and it's just Mm. sharp, you know, because I I have the cutest dog in the world, so she needs to be videoed uh, appropriately. But, you know, it's so clear. My husband said, oh, my gosh. And, I mean, when we put it up to the Apple TV, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Mine um, is... Just, you play it on your Apple TV. <laughs> Mine is 1080p at 30 frames. Yeah. Maybe I should do 1080 at 60. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of slow. I mean, yeah, you want to go faster. Yeah, the default says 30, but it says uh-huh. uh, with a minute of video at 1080p at 60 frames is approximately 175 megabytes. That doesn't bother me because you know what I did is I finally caved and I got the two terabyte um, cloud plan from Apple. I just said, you know, it's ridiculous. I'm just going to do it. So I don't care because everything goes up to the cloud anyway. But um, I love it because, you know, when you're doing the 4K at at 60 FPS, it's just a really sharp, gorgeous video. And I really like that, especially, you know, when you're traveling. And, you know, you're seeing something that you don't normally, you know, see and you want to document. It's just nicer to have the faster. It's, it's just smoother. It's a smoother transition between the frames when you're um, going at a little higher resolution. Well, we'll have to see what happens because my husband, well, my husband, uh, he has my previous iPhone 7, which I believe is two years old now, maybe two and a half. I forget exactly when I bought that one. Um, but he's got that. So there's a good chance that when he needs a new phone and he doesn't care, like he'll use it until he can't, he could get my XR and I could get whatever is new. Because he'll always say to me, hey, how come I don't get anything new? And I, <laughs> then I just, then we both laugh because he knows. <laughs> it's laugh a waste. <laughs> yeah, because he knows it's a waste for him to get something new. And I always say to him, I'm getting a new iPad. Do you want my old one? Because if you if you want it, then I won't trade it in and then he gives me the look like have we met and then i just said i gotta ask because he doesn't he has zero interest when we travel i will download movies onto my kindle fire which is only i don't even know how big it is i haven't turned that thing on and i can't even tell you how long and i'll download either a movie or a tv show or something and he'll watch that on the plane then he gives it back to me then i give it back to him when we come home and that's it he doesn't care he just does not care. If I said to him, I'm getting rid of all the technology, I'm done, I don't want it anymore, he'd say, first he's to check my temperature to see if I'm hallucinating. <laughs> and then when he realized I was being serious, he'd say, okay, he doesn't care. See, for me, I feel I drive, uh, my car is 18 years old. And so I, I'm pretty cheap. I just like I like to have a new phone every once in a while. <laughs> but with the Apple Upgrade Program, for those of you that have not tried it, for our listeners, it's actually not too bad at all. You can, you basically, um, it's still like a contractual thing. You know, you have to have so many months that you pay, you know, blah, 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 long. I think I pay 56 or something, 56 bucks. 
And um, when you go into the Apple store, they just take the old phone back. They give, they unbox a new phone. You just have to make sure that um, whatever uh, carrier you have, like for instance, I have AT&T and I do want to switch. I'm not, not really thrilled with AT&T, but you, they don't charge you a, um, what, uh, what's the fee? The upgrade uh, fee. An upgrade fee. Yeah. It's like 30 bucks. So you, and AT&T didn't do it though, which was good, but it just, um, you just get it. And my payment never changed with the, uh, with the 10S. So, you know, they kind of make it very easy for you to, to upgrade. You do have to pay like tax and fees and, you know, stuff like that. But otherwise it's, it's easy. You just go in and say, you know, I'd like a new phone. I'm eligible for it. And then they open up your account. Yep, you are. Which one do you want? What size do you want? And then you're, I mean, the transaction's done in like 10 minutes. You're, you walk out with a new phone. It's like, yeah. wow. You're leasing. Amazing. You're leasing. You're your leasing. Phone. You're leasing a car. You don't own it, yeah. but you're leasing. I mean, you can own it if you want to. Um, but, you know, for right now, I, I, until, until I'm always afraid they're going to come out if I decide not to do it and I buy the phone, then they're going to come out with a phone that I really, really want. So <laughs> you know what I want? I'll tell you what I want. And in the next phone, this is what I want. I'm waiting. I'm very patient. As you guys know, I'm very patient. I'm waiting for them to make it accessible for the Apple Pencil to use as stylus. So then when I am out and about, if I want to sketch somewhere, I don't have to bring along my iPad to sketch or my sketchbook. I can actually take my, bring my Apple pencil and I can use, open up one of my art apps, like my Procreate Pocket or whatever. And I can just sketch on my phone rather than, you know, I, I cannot sketch with my finger, but it would be nice for them to make the Apple pencil compatible with the iPhone. I don't understand why they can't do it. I, I think it's ridiculous. I'm so, guessing. But- I agree with you. I'm guessing that their reasoning might have something to do with how you would carry it. Some people might look at it as an issue, as a problem with having to pull out their phone and then go into their backpack or purse or wherever and then pull out the stylus as opposed unless to an they iPad. Made a smaller stylus, unless they made an, uh, what I'm hoping they do is actually make a, a phone stylus. So you can use for like Vicky's Max and you can use for this one. So it's, it's you know, it's probably maybe four or five inches. Oh, hell yeah. I'd, I'd be lining up to buy one Which of Which would be good if they made a special case for your phone that had a slot where you could put your stylus. Like I have, I bought a uh, iPad cover that has a little loop that I put my stylus in. It's not an Apple Pencil. It's just a regular stylus. But I find I've been using that much more than I use my finger when I'm moving around. So if they did something like that where they had an iPhone case that had a place where you could put your pencil, yes, that might yes. work much better. Right now, yep. my understanding is you take the Apple Pencil and it magnetically attaches to your iPad. Yes. The new you really can't uh-huh. do that if you're sticking it in your pocket. No, and, and people wouldn't want to do that because they'd be afraid to break, break it right. or you know, so, drop the tip. I would guess that that would have a large part of them saying, no, we're not doing that. So they would have to figure out some way where they could attach the stylus to the phone where it won't get lost or broken. Yeah, because I would love to see them do that because the Apple Pencil is just a fabulous device. It's it's just a fabulous accessory. I I mean, it's it's the best stylus ever. I really feel... When I'm sketching or drawing on my iPad, it's seamless. It doesn't feel like I, it, it's almost as if I'm using paper. It's not as if 
there, there's no lag. And I have the first, I have the first version of the Apple Pencil. I don't have the new one, but I love it. I, I, again, I was very patient. If you remember, I didn't go out and buy the new iPad Pro. I waited until they came out with a smaller iPad Pro because I really wanted that Apple Pencil and I didn't want to, I didn't want a big iPad Pro. I just wanted the regular nine point seven, you know, inches. I guess the size I've always had and I loved. Um, so, you know, I, I really think that would be for, for me, that would just be awesome if they did something like that. I would love, I would love for, to see Apple kind of more in, kind of integrate the Apple Pencil more with the phone. I know there's, you know, some people say, well, you know, Steve Jobs, when he was alive, he came out um, when he announced the, the iPhone and said that, you know, it wasn't really made. I'm just kind of loosely, very loosely paraphrasing um, the late great Steve, but you know, if it, what the the phone, you know, a, a stylus wasn't meant to be used with the phone. Basically, it wasn't doing its job if you had to use a stylus. And again, I can't remember the exact words, but I think that is just kind of um, in the past because the Apple Pencil, I think, is very popular. I see people use it all the time in the airports when I'm around, and um, you know, see people, you know, sketching or or uh, make drawing, you know, using it for notes. I think it's terrific. So to me, having having such a responsive phone, which I think that the 10s is a fabulous phone. I don't even I can't I don't even know what uh, how Vicky feels about her Macs, but I'll just say is that to me it's just made for an Apple Pencil, and I really think Apple needs to just kind of get a little more progressive, you know, just take some steps here and and give us give us some fun stuff because we're always lagging behind Samsung it seems. So come on, man. <laughs> Let me use I, don't the- really, I really don't care about what's going on with Samsung because I don't plan on buying any one of those. So I don't even know what's going on with them. But I do hear a lot of people complaining, you know, the typical stuff where updates come whenever they come. Issues yeah. don't get resolved. So that's, that's you know, and I see those phones and the screens are absolutely beautiful. But, you know, this is not something. Uh, and I love my phone. I, I think my Mac compares to any of them in terms of the display. And I just noticed also that I am recording all my stuff in HD. HDR. I I guess I I automatically had it set that way. So I can't tell the difference. uh, (laughs) I I don't even pay attention to it. You know, so the quality. But um, yeah, I don't do that much videos anyway. But yeah, in terms of the pencil, I can barely write, let alone draw. So I would never use those on any device. I don't even use pencil and paper. You know, I typed everything. My handwriting is so atrocious. And I'm embarrassed by it, actually. I have to do a lot of reports where I have to handwrite stuff. And uh, we're moving to, like, dictation. And I can't wait till I can dictate my notes, you know. <laughs> my handwriting is so bad. Yeah, so but is mine. Yeah, yeah. My sister wants, was thinking about getting an iPad. But she does the coloring and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And she thinks that it'll be just so cool uh, doing it on a, uh, on an iPad. But she ended up getting a brand new uh, MacBook Pro. So next to the iPad idea. So. <laughs> but I plan on buying another iPad, not, not this year. I mean, my iPad, but MacBook Pro, not this year, but maybe next year. I want to wait to see what they have. Uh, the new ones that just doesn't do much for me. My uh, four-year-old, well, five-year-old um, MacBook Pro is just fine. Um, only thing that it doesn't have is the USB-C ports, which are, uh, 
you know, which means that I got a brand new docking station that I have to always adapt these on to, to actually use, but um, I can wait. I'm not going to do it. I'm in the same boat, Vicky. Vicky. Yeah, yeah huh? I agree with you. Because my MacBook Pro is five years old this year, too. And the only, the only, I'm of the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The only thing that I see with it is, and I'm not sure if this is Mojave. I don't know if it's just from migrating every year and never doing a clean install, which would like probably kill me to do something like that. But I'm getting a lot of spinning beach balls. I'm getting getting spinning beach balls and I'm getting, um, not even sure, maybe not frozen, but you go click on something and it might take 10 to 30 seconds before it finally opens. Oh, I did. I thought it was just my Wi-Fi or something. I just didn't even troubleshoot it. So maybe it's, just, maybe it's yeah, Mojave. Yeah. Um, I'm finding yeah. like even something simple, like I'll click on the icon for one password to open and it will mm-hmm. turn blue and then nothing happens. And I just sit there, do, 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 do. Meanwhile, I've got music playing in iTunes and the music's playing just fine. And about, about, you know, 10 to 30 seconds later, it finally opens so I can type in my master password and, you know, continue on. That happens all the time. Is it Chrome? I'm not really sure. I tried using yeah, Safari. Yeah, Safari too, yeah. Yeah, I tried using Safari and I was still having the same problem. So I'm guessing it's Mojave yeah, that's it's doing not it. Just, I thought, well, because I was running Parallels, I was running some Windows stuff. Uh, and I had that on that. I shut that down because, you know, it can really eat up a lot of uh, memory and all that other stuff. And then I just I would do what I do with PCs, which is to reboot my computer. And yes. that didn't fix it either. So I was like, you know, maybe it's my Wi-Fi. And I just like, dismissed it because I didn't have time to troubleshoot it further than that. No, and no, I think that before I came on, on today, I had rebooted the computer because it was slow. I mean, I couldn't even get a web page to load. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that too, where I've had to reboot after three days to just kind of get everything cleared out because I would click on a link for something and it wouldn't open. Like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, or yeah. it would open and it just, like you said, it just wouldn't load. So then mm-hmm. I'd say, okay, do the rebooting thing. You know, you know, first I would reboot the browser. That didn't work. So I'd do the whole computer. All of a sudden it's working. It's like, what's going on? So yeah, I think, I, I think I it's Mojave. Yeah, I threw it out cash and all that other stuff. You yeah. Browsers. But it's not just browsers. It's any kind of application that, um, well, I was having problems with something that's running locally on my computer, uh, Word. It was just not loading the doggone document. Yeah. And it wasn't a really big document either. So I was like, oh, that's crazy. Uh, I just didn't have time to troubleshoot it. You know, so. And I, I'm not going to waste my time because if you have the same problems, it's not just my setup that's causing the problem. Yeah, I, th- I think it's Mojave. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I do too. I do too because uh, I have to tell you, I get the spinning beach ball. I just want to put my fist through my IMAX. And, and this is the new one. So I'm selling it. I'm just, you know, I, I've had it. I, I'm just so sick of the beach ball of death. So I'm going to sell it, I'm wiping it, selling it, and I'm, we're just going to get a MacBook. We want to downsize everything anyway. MacBook Pro or Mac? I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't even think I need a MacBook Pro because the only time I really use my Mac is once in a while to do something with Photoshop or Illustrator. Uh, but I don't really need to anymore because Affinity Photo and Designer. And secondly, um, uh, just for the podcast, I, I honestly I think we just need a MacBook. I really hardly use the 
I hardly use OS anymore, and I'm not really impressed with Mojave, to be honest with you. It's very slow. It has slowed down this computer, and this has got a terabyte of space. It's pretty fast. I, this was the brand new one I got last year that they replaced because uh, I had a lemon, and um, it's, it is, I, w- I wish I had not upgraded, actually. The only thing about the MacBook is that the ports, they don't have very many ports, so that rules it out for me. I have, like, this setup where I got multiple, you know, one, um, uh, displays and a bunch of other stuff. Which I know you can actually USB C piggyback on top and add all kinds of stuff, but and um, I actually with my docking station, it probably could hook up and I can just display them all, uh, hook it all up to the docking station. But I tend to want to do stuff that's going to really require a lot of power, you know, mm-hmm. a lot more memory, more, more a lot of stuff, a CPU than that, than they offer in the base. Or even they're up to you know their max. So and then I also don't like small anymore. I like big because I can't see. I'm blind as a bat now. So I don't want a small <laughs> screen. Yeah, I mean this is really difficult for me because I had better than 2020 vision most of my life. You know, all of a sudden, bam, it happened mm-hmm. like overnight. My eyesight started getting really bad. Yeah. Um, Mine happened at the late 40s. Yeah, I I didn't. Uh, it's not the driving or walking around. I can't not wear these glasses for anything other than when I'm on the screen or I'm reading. But it's it's very important that I see, and I don't like um, I like a lot of real estate <laughs> to see things and spread things out. So I I looked at the MacBook when my sister was looking for a new computer, and I even ruled it out for her because um, I, I just thought that you know some of the stuff that she's doing now uh, requires a bigger screen. The bigger, uh, uh, that's a process, and some of the stuff. Um, but she could have gotten just the world just fine with the MacBook. She was using the MacBook Air for the longest, and she actually cried when that thing died. <laughs> There's a port on the side of the power port, and it's going to cost more than the computer's work to, to fix it. I mean, it's just the pins got bent, and they couldn't fix that. Mm. Um, so it's going to be, I think it'll be like $250. And, the thing is like, I don't know how old, like nine years old, eight, nine years old. <laughs> so we're like, let's move on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put, it, put, it, put it out of this misery. But we normally pass these things on to other people. So she got a brand new computer for the first time. And I'm not in the market for doing so. So, Suzanne, you, you wanted to talk about your watch? Oh, yeah. Well, I think I've mentioned on the last um, podcast how... Uh, my Series 2, which I was very, very happy with. I want everyone to know this. I was very happy with my Series 2. Uh, record, you know, I got re- re- my walks recorded. Um, had, you know, listened to my um, music on it. I didn't need it for very much. So I was happy. And then I woke up one morning. It was on his, its charger. And it, the, the glass had completely shattered. I mean, it was shattered. And I had, I was like, well, you know, what could have possibly happened? A couple of the MyMackers said that, um, I guess there's been complaints of the Series 2 battery gets swollen. I, it wasn't wet because I, I don't have, I never put it in water, but I guess it swelled up and that it could have possibly caused the glass to shatter. I don't know what it was, but, you know, I had had it for a few years. So I told my son, I was I was so sad. I said, oh, and I said, well, let me see if I can repair it myself. Maybe I can just get a glass repair kit. Uh, Apple charges $1.99 to repair the glass um, and the touchscreen on an uh, Apple Watch Series 2. 
So that was like, okay, $200. Mm-hmm. And I went online to eBay and some other places and it was about 165, 170 to get to do it yourself. So my son called me and he said, you know what? I have a 10% off coupon at Best Buy. They have them on, they have a little bit lower the price than, um, than the Apple store and there's no tax. And I said, there's no sales tax. I said, really? So he, he bought me, he bought it for me and I love it. The only thing I had to do was I had to shut off the fall detection because I'm really klutzy and I, <laughs> I trip a lot and it's constantly going, Oh, it looks like you fell. <laughs> Did you fall? Do you need to call 911? I'm like, Oh, chair. <laughs> I know I, I trip over nothing. I have really weak ankles. So when I'm walking poor widget, poor widgets used to it now, but I'll be walking and all of a sudden for no reason at all, I will just trip and, and almost fall. I have mm-hmm. taken headers. So my husband is beyond being embarrassed now. He's just, <laughs> we were in France once and I got up. It was, we were watching this little event. Um, in in Arles and I got up there's this, this you know it looks like the Colosseum and so it's very bumpy you know the seats you know it, it does it's, it is it's based on it was a Roman you know Colosseum uh, a lot smaller the uh, Arles Arena um, it's a lot smaller than the one of course in Rome but I got up and I stood up and I tripped and I went down on that stone all these French people they I mean I was bleeding like, oh, you know, and, I, and I was so embarrassed and, and you know we're just not I just can't do it anymore I'm just that's who I am so I thought this fall detection is going to be great especially when I'm hiking well I'm only going to turn on when I'm hiking because seriously um I'm tr- I'm I set it off at least once or twice a day so it was driving wow. me crazy so I said you know it's kind of calling 911 and I'm, I'm just not gonna pay attention to it and then I'll be in trouble so I I did it is effective and so I want everyone to know that's a really good thing if you have somebody that's prone to falls Marcy. secondly <laughs> I have a atrial fibrillation which they call AFib which um what that means is that your heart starts to have a rapid heartbeat and usually it, it puts you at a higher risk for stroke and you can actually now do an EKG or ECG, however you want to say it, um, on your watch. And it's really, really simple. So you, how you, you just set it up. So you, they have an app and um, it looks like a little uh, ECG graph. And when you open that up, you basically have to make a circuit. So you're going to put your finger, like your index finger, on your um, crown, the digital crown of your Apple Watch. And what it does, it starts to do this little ECG. And you can send that PDF to your cardiologist if you have one. Uh, you can monitor your heart. And it will also periodically in the background, I have it um, selected to let me know if I'm in AFib. I usually know when I'm in AFib because I can feel it. I love this. I absolutely love this. So it does a 30-second ECG. And if you ever, you know, had atrial fib it has picked up afib on some people which is wonderful they can send that to their doctor and their doctor can say okay you need to go to a cardiologist come on in and let's investigate this a a little more thoroughly because sometimes you need to have uh, i'm on medication for it so it's well controlled but i love that i and i i just love the fact that it's able to do that i love the fact that the numbers are larger i like the rounded corners um uh, you know, people can hear me. I think it has a few more speakers or transistors on it because I know when I answer a call, if the, my phone isn't around, um, they can hear me, 
you know, really well, where with series two, they couldn't, there was just so much static. I love the fact they have these infographic faces. So you can put exactly all the complications you want. So you can put, you know, like um, your ECG, if you want to have access to that or your messages or voice memo. Um, so you can record conversations. Like I thought, you know, my husband's always saying, I never say these things. I say, Mike, I, I told you this. No, I don't think you've ever said that. So I say, good. I'm going to put the voice memo icon on my watch. And when I think he's not listening, I'm going to press that and I'm going to tell him. <laughs> and then that way I have it on record that I have told him. So it's really kind of sneaky. Oh my Sometimes you have to be sneaky. And <laughs> but I love this. It's got your activity rings. Your It's got a timer. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, when I'm cooking something, you know, I'll forget to put the timer on, but I can just put it right on my watch. I really like this watch very much. It's very lightweight. Um, and I, I did just in case I didn't have a liquid skin on it. There's, there's some you can buy on Amazon. I think the one that I got was Taurus or Taurus and they give you like six screen protectors and it's really simple to do it. And, uh, I said, you know, just in case I, I know I didn't smack my series two. I know I'm really careful with my watches. I'm not as klutzy with my watch as I am with my phone. I've dropped my I don't have a I don't have a screen protector on my uh, 10s, and I can't tell you how many freaking times I dropped this phone. I have a case on it, but knock on wood, there's not even a scratch. I don't know what glass they're using for the uh, the 10s, but it is powerful. It's wonderful because I am a klutz. I drop things, but I I didn't drop my phone on my uh, watch, but I really love it. I if you have a series two and you're thinking about upgrading, I think it's a, a well worth upgrading to the four. It's it's phenomenal. I really I, I have the three and when I first got it I said I can't see the purpose of it. And with the update uh to the latest software, what I did like about it is that it keeps tracking your activity about you having to go and say yes. I'm walking, I'm doing whatever. And that's about all I used it for until recently I got along with commute and I can be listening to a podcast, I can be listening to something, and I can actually uh switch back and forth between what I'm listening to using my watch. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, also, I mean, before all I actually used it for also was that I, it, it unlocks, you can set it to unlock your Mac, your MacBook yes. or your computer. When it works, it doesn't always work. That's the problem. It works. Well, it mine works. Mine, right? uh, mine, mine is 50-50. Yeah, I had to go in and I forgot what I did to fix it. Because um, when I would reboot the computer... Um, of course, you have to actually log in, and then the next time you come in, it'll start working. And like you, like you said, it was just up and down, not doing it. And I found it fixed online. I don't remember what it was, and um, I was trying to show my sister how to do it. But for her, she has that Touch ID to uh, to unlock her, her her Mac. With the Touch ID, she really doesn't need to watch to unlock her computer. But yeah, you're right. It 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 just was doing some crazy stuff where it would. Do it sometimes, and then it would go for a long stretch of time, but it didn't work. And then I figured out I had something turned off, and it got turned off um, when I updated uh, for Mojave. I have the developer's version, so I get tons of updates, much more than you guys probably do. And it broke something. Um, and then we had the latest one that you all had, it broke it. Yeah. But I forgot how, what I did to fix it, but it's online somewhere. But yeah, that that's that's a map um, or something to just stop working 
And it's simply a matter of going in there and changing your settings. It shouldn't be changing your settings on stuff like that. I mean, so I need to get stale top of stuff, you know. Um, I think they're trying to do too much and they're missing the big picture, you know. That's my humble Yeah, I, I feel fortunate because uh, so far, so good with Mojave. You know, I'll come uh, like today, you know, I, um, my computer is sleeping and I, you know, tap the keyboard and it unlocked with the watch. So, yeah, I do like that. You know, I, I like that feature very much. Yeah. And then I had this one issue with the MacBook where it just would not wake up. And I think Tim Roberts, our uh, publisher, said that uh, that happened to him, happens to him, you know, uh, quite often. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope it doesn't happen to me again. Because I ended up taking it to Apple Store. And I don't know, maybe just walking into the holy grail of uh, places for this computer. It stopped working right there. It, just, it opened up and everything was fine. It was like the weirdest thing ever. And I was writing papers and trying to finish stuff. And I was really nervous about that. I was really thinking about buying another Mac once I was there. It must be stopped working out right. I don't feel like waiting for somebody to help me. <laughs> That's the only reason why I didn't buy another Mac. <laughs> funny, it's funny you should say that because remember PowerBooks? Remember PowerBooks, mm-hmm. the G4 PowerBook? That's exactly yeah. what happened to mine when I lived in Tucson. And that's what I went to the iMac. I was after that I bought my first iMac, but my power book, it would wouldn't wake up from sleep. So I had to go around and go around with Apple and they said, you know what, bring it in and we're gonna just um we think maybe it's a logic board. So they put a new logic board and it still did it, Vicky. I mean it was good for a while and it still did it. So I don't I don't I no one ever was able to figure out I brought it to what was it, Computech. They were excellent too. They're very uh-huh. good. But yeah. So that's strange you should mention that because that happened to me a long, long time ago. I mean, that was like over 10 years ago and that, that it's still happening. Hmm. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up for today. Uh, we would love to hear from you, get some feedback. You know, do you have any new Apple devices that you got over the holidays that you want to let us know? You know how to reach us, 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. All our contact information is there. So again, We thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Pushots, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.